I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. My name's David Reed. This is Marek Larwood. Hello, film listeners. Film listeners. listeners. That's basically blind people. Film smellers. Hello, film likers. Yeah. We're going to talk about some films. Yeah, are you alright, Marek? Are you doing well? I drank, um, before you introduced me, I drank some uh, Diet Coke really fast. Okay. And, uh, and, it, and the, a lot of it was stuck in my throat. And I couldn't really I couldn't really cope with that and talking at the same time. <laughs> okay. Are you alright now, though? I'm on the road to recovery. Good. Um, we've seen some uh, kids' films this week, haven't we? Yes, we've both seen some... F- well, well, it's I've... because not much is out. Not much tries to compete at this post-Oscars time of year. Well, I think this is... A mu- I think we're still in that golden... This weird golden three or four months of film. Oh, really? Yeah. I've well, not seen Inherent Vice. That's one of the films that was sort of leaked out post-Oscars, wasn't it? Well, I'm going to talk about later on after you've shorn the sheep. Yeah. Oh, the uh, the partner piece to Inherent Vice. Yes, but first of all, yeah, are you going to talk about the? What did you go and see? I went to see a, another animation family movie called The Book of Life. Sounds a bit religious. Well, it mm, it's it's not in any way. <laughs> I was I was contemplating that, but it isn't. Almost um, the opposite. It's quite the opposite. It, this is a um, story. Uh, based in Mexican culture. So uh, it is actually evoking the uh, Mexican uh, mythology and uh, sim- symbolism, uh, including, you know, uh, the Day of the Dead, Dia de los Muertos, and all of this stuff. But you've probably seen it around and in other things, you know, of the. Uh, the brightly painted skulls and loads of flowers, and it, it's a celebration. It's a it's a very different uh, type of celebration of those who are no longer with us. What is it about? Um, so th- it's it's evoking that, but the story itself is about um, two friends, uh, one of whom is the son of uh, the hero of the village who defeated the. Uh, the great bandit before and the other is the son of the bullfighter and they're both in love with the same girl oh, so that's typical. that's the that's the premise but it follows them from kids into adulthood and uh, beyond into is one good and is one evil no but one is one is true of heart and the other is uh, has been given a uh, enchanted medal that means he can never die so actually his bravery is hollow oh okay 
So, so I bet he gives up and dies. Well, I'm not going to spoil it, but it, he doesn't. But um, he, uh, it's what it. What is it, more interesting than that is it also has two gods, one of sort of love and the devil, basically. One is a, a female skeleton with an enormous sombrero, and the other is uh, sort of a Hades uh, winged demon figure voiced by Ron Perlman. And they're sort of, they've made a wager over who uh, the girl will choose. You can't bet on people's lies, man. You can if you're a god. You have very little else to do if you're a god, it seems. Gambling. Gambling on mortals and what if they do. If you go down Labrooks, yeah. those people are all dressed a bit weird. You think, that bloke looks a bit weird. It's probably a god in a disguise, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, well, they can do that in this film, you see. What, go down Labrooks? They can go down Labrooks and they do often. They do often. Um... But yes, that's that's the premise of this film. It's produced by Guillermo del Toro. It's uh, because it's set in Mexico. It of course has uh, Cheech Marion and uh, Danny Trejo in it doing voices. But uh, Zoe Saldana and Channing Tatum voice two of the lead roles. Um, is Maria uh, Manolo and Joaquin? Is it funny? It is. There's, it's very funny, yeah. Who is yeah. it? It's not, it's not Pixar or anything like that, is it? I don't think so. No, as I say, Guillermo del Toro um, executive produced it, so I don't know which studio made it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't remember from the, the opening credits. The budget was £50 million, though. So that's a, that's a fairly hefty budget, right? Yeah. That's that's pretty decent. I think the title doesn't sound like something that's isn't you know very what? enticing. Yeah, exactly. It should be called like the Book of the Dead or something, you know. But um, it's Day of the Dead, the kids' animation, basically. Um, is it just for kids, or I tell you what, the, I I enjoyed it. There's a very funny pig, always good. Um, there's some funny uh, mariachi band guys. Uh, it, it's 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 got a really good pace to it. The animation is absolutely stunning. I mean, that's the real winner. Is just what the, style the is the animation? Is beautiful. Well, the whole thing is framed by a modern day uh, museum uh, tour given by Christina Applegate uh, of some kids to introduce them to Mexican culture, and so she's telling them this story using little wooden figurines and then when it goes into the actual story they are animated wooden figurines with the hinges in their their elbows and, and when's everything. it set in the past then yeah yeah sort of bandido times you know when is the bandido times well, 1870s yeah, 19th century yeah probably a bit earlier in this but you know um because it's mostly swords are there guns in it i don't think there are guns anyway um it's beautiful. It is funny. The, the 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 reason it won't be a classic, as, as you mentioned last week, uh, what Inyaruto said about things will actually be judged over time. This one, I don't think, will last because the story is far far too predictable. It's okay. it's absolutely word for word, you know, the the screenplay formula by numbers, but without surprises there's only really one surprise and everything else it's sort of classic fairy tale you know exactly where it's heading and where it's going and it doesn't really deviate from that 
Mm. Which, even for a kids' movie, you need you need to you know have some. It doesn't feel like the jeopardy is real because you can predict exactly where it's going to go. But everything else about it is is absolutely great. Arseholes. No, no, no. I don't. I don't think so. You know, um, I think they've played it too safe. I think is what they've done. That's it. And if you're listening, remember, don't play it safe, kids. Yeah, play it dangerous. If if you can do something dangerously, do it. How many Davies do you give it? Seven, I think. That's quite high. Yeah, it is. It is good. You know, it is good. And I like a well-told story. And it, the story it's telling is well told. It's just the story it's telling is not as adventurous as it. Has it got be. songs in it? Um, no, good. it's got some pop songs. They sort of sung in a Mexican style, and some. You know, it's the music's all stuff you've heard before, really. I hate when they start putting songs in it. It's only a bit of that. There's only a little bit. Well, you know, because the guy who's the son of the bullfighter actually wants to be a singer, and so he's written songs that he plays guitar. And they, they do that in quite a funny way as well. Oh, OK. So I'd say, you know, it's probably not a cinema... You know what? It's hard to say, because I could say it's not a film to go and see in the cinema, wait for it to be on telly, but then the visuals are so good that maybe it is worth seeing. I think young kids would like it. It's funny, you know. Well, if you've got kids or if you're thinking of getting them... Yeah. Then <laughs> then be quick about it, because it won't be in cinemas long. Yeah, well, that's a good point. Um, well, should we to go and move on to our letters section? Sure. Who's been writing in to us and what well, do they want? If I was to write in, how would I do it? Well, you would go to your nearest uh, available email device mm-hmm. and type in dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. Uh, which is our email address. Or you could go to facebook.com forward slash filmfandango and write something on our wall, be it abusive or friendly. Or, or you could go to Twitter and at us, at Mr David Reed, at Marit Larwood, or at Film Fandango. Uh, those are the three methods. Well, guess who's written in? Chris Webb? Chris Webb. Friend of the show, Chris Webb. What's he said? He, he's, well, what I like about... This he's, he's put right at the top. Southampton accent, please. Right. I don't know. I went to university in Southampton. There isn't really much of an accent, but I'm going to leave it to you to. Oh, what? To decide. <laughs> That's not fair. No, you don't know. You went to Southampton. You do um, a Southampton University accent. Well, it's the same as my. I do my voice then. Okay. I do my voice, but slightly younger. <laughs> Dear David Merrick, buddy. That's quite a lot younger. As you're always on the lookout for films to keep watching, I thought I'd recommend a few in genres I know you're fans of, namely Nicolas Cage films and documentaries. The Frozen Ground is a 2013 thriller starring Nicolas Cage as an actor who is beginning to turn into Cage quality wise. Uh, oh. <laughs> Raven, uh, Raven and grand, grand Piano star John Cusack. Yeah. Prepare yourselves for a shock. The Frozen Ground is actually pretty good. It's a true story of a detective, Cage, trying to catch a serial killer, Kuzak, in Alaska. Cage doesn't go full Cage and is surprisingly restrained. And it's great to see Kuzak playing against type. It's a really nasty piece of work. I'm surprised it didn't get more exposure. Seven Chrises. 
Video Nasties, Moral Panic, Symptom Videotape is a fascinating documentary about how many low-budget horror movies were banned in the UK in the early 80s in a wave of ethical hysteria caused by the likes of Mary Whitehouse, the Conservative Government and the Daily Mail. Even though it's a pretty one-sided documentary, it's a brilliant insight into just how carried away everybody got, naturally, that anyone been watching them. It's a very interesting doco for anyone old enough to remember the period of history, like Marek, but equally good for younger viewers, like David, to just see how silly it all was, but also realise how far we haven't come since then. Home entertainment like video games, heavy metal, movies are still prime suspects for the cause of any wrongdoing. Even Danielle's favourite horror movie of late Maniac was banned here in New Zealand as authorities believed it would promote cruel and violent behaviour. So ironically, I had to watch an illegal copy, just like I did in the video nasty days. Mm. Nine Chrises. Wow. Finally, another documentary which I think you'll both enjoy. I mentioned it before, but I don't think anyone was listening. A band called Death tells the story of an African-American rock band in Detroit in 1973 who went totally undiscovered for 30 years but are now seen as one of the originators of punk. It doesn't have the heart of Anvil or the style of Searching for Sugar Man but it's a great story and the music's brilliant. Eight Chrises. Lots of love, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Abrupt end. Um, okay, Frozen Ground. I've seen it. It's yeah. It's, as Chris says, it's all right. Um, what's interesting though is it's putting those two actors together. John Cusack does seem to be becoming the new Nicolas Cage, especially if you've seen uh, Raven or the Raven. He's going to play nasty, but he's gone he? into just playing, just sort of being in terrible films, doing weird choices. You know, just almost to entertain himself or just to make it something different to mediocre. Um, He's in danger of, you know, if you've seen films like Gross Point Blank, he's absolutely fantastic and he's just, he's not doing it. You know? Better Off Dead was the first um, thing I saw him in. What's he like in it? Uh, I thought it was really good, but I was um, about 12 years old. Well, I watched it recently, it was rubbish. Oh. Um, here's an email. What fancy? about those other points? He, he said the uh, documentary. I'm going to ignore it like I did last time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like to just read them and then I like move to, on immediately. I don't um, like to retain any information. No, that's right. Video Nasties documentary, that sounds interesting. I think especially now, because we are getting into another era of... Sort of moral outrage without information. Aren't we? I think the internet has created another. Well, the problem era. is, is that you can you can actually um, you can't really ban stuff as easily now because it just as soon as you do that, you just let it spread on the internet. People can get hold of any. But we are. But it's yeah, it is slightly different. But you know, the era of people all petitioning to have something stopped or anything without actually knowing anything about it because it's never been easier. We are in the and the amount of moral outrage poured out on Twitter and stuff yeah. you know is, is disproportionately stupid people would actually read things properly they get an excerpt or a line from a speech taken out of context yeah. and they go crazy about it without actually having the time no one can be bothered to read the whole thing or watch the whole film or even read any of it you know just read the, the fragment of the headline they get to see and just yeah. go this is ridiculous yeah. unbelievable yeah no so I think that would be that would be interesting you know um, I mean, any site, any actual research done on the link between 
uh, violent movies and video games and actual violence. I, I still haven't heard of any conclusive evidence either way. Mm. But um, you know, I can't. I don't think a violent video game, as evidenced by most people, is going to turn somebody. Yeah, but all violent. it takes is the me- if, if a mental person is playing it to for give twenty three hours a day. Yeah, it's you've got to remember that they're probably if they're going to do it, they're 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 obviously mental anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But it's probably not healthy for people who are unhealthy already. There should be um, a mental test. A mental test. I mean, I'm putting in the best possible terminology. I'm using the best you're, possible yeah, terminology. Yeah, you're using, yeah, yeah. That how mental are you yeah. and whether you can play this Maybe game. Maybe it would be a, uh, you know, a play buzz test. How mental are you? Yeah, um, just give it and give it a mental rating. Yeah. And you need to have a certain... You're Jack Torrance. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> you can't play it you can't play it. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, no. Um, yeah. Um, and what was the third, uh, doc- the second documentary Chris mentioned? Uh, the last one was about a band in Detroit. That's right. Yeah. No, I've not heard of them. That sounds that sounds interesting. So if you like punk and you like um, African American bands and you like Detroit, and you like films and you like Chris Webb, then if you like all five of those things, yeah, then uh, you're Chris Webb. Yeah. Okay. Um, here's another email. Okay. This one is from James Cresswell. Um. Why don't you read this mm-hmm. like an African American um, uh, punk rocker <laughs> from Detroit? <laughs> wow, I mean that's very specific. I I don't know what a Detroit accent is. I wouldn't even be able to approximate it. Just do something a bit racist. I don't really want to do that. I don't want to do that. Can I do something very racist? Why don't you just do a punk rocker from a seventies punk rocker? What's the difference? Just like that sort of. I'm thinking like a Sid Vicious type character. So just a Londoner. Yeah, Londoner. Just a rude Londoner. A rude Londoner with a sort probably of 17, a bit unclean, like a Johnny Rotten sort of voice. Uh, oh, oh, God, I, that I can't even begin to do a Johnny Rotten impression. Uh, Hi, film Fandango. Just something you may find interesting regarding a brief discussion of Joe in the last episode. Prince Avalanche, director David Gordon Green's last film before that one, also had a similar but unorthodox casting if you can really call it casting Prince Avalanche is set in an area that has been ravaged by wildfire and one recurring character is that of an elderly woman whose house was destroyed by the fire interestingly the character is played by a woman that the production team happened to come across while filming who in reality had lost her home in a recent fire and whose real story and experience the director found so fascinating that he decided to incorporate it directly into the film I can't really think of many other examples of this sort of casting except for the top of my head the casting of computer chess which I believe comprises to good effect mainly people with an expertise in computing and technology as opposed to professional acting experience both of those films are on netflix by the way keep watching the films <laughs> um, uh yeah so i mentioned it some weeks ago but the casting of the father in joe is exactly that of they cast a homeless man who was absolutely fantastic in it and another one way back when tom tuck brought in a film called apple um, which is about um, 
a, an elderly couple with young daughters who keep them locked up in the house for fear of what they, you know, might happen to them outside. Well, good for them. But they keep them, you know, behind a grate, basically. Oh, they never go out. A bit too much. And it's about them being, you know, released for the first time. But the cast of that is the real people that who did that. It's not a documentary, oh, really? though. They've then fictionalised the account and they're playing themselves. Wow. Which is, which is interesting because it, it has a great authenticity. And I think the fact it's in a foreign language probably helps with... Uh, you don't see yeah, them acting. Because yeah. always, it's always difficult to see uh, when you've got the culture gap whether people are acting or not or yeah. whether that's just how they are, you know. Other, other ones, the City of God, you know, the brilliant yeah, yeah. thing that used loads of street children to be the, play the parts and that. Yeah, lock, stock and two smoking barrels, you'll use real criminals, didn't it? Um, it's a great effect. And won an Oscar nominees for a couple of years ago, Beasts of the Southern Wild. They cast uh, the dad in that. He was a bloke who ran a sort of diner across the road. Okay. And they got him in because they, they used to go and eat there. It was a low budget thing and he was the person of the role and they managed to persuade him to do it. So... Um, and he's brilliant in it. So there you go. I think the moral of the story is, if your house has been ravaged by fire, yes, or if you have been the victim of some sort of sort of natural disaster, do look out for limos. Look out for film crews. Remember and, Mr. Guard. Yes, and then as soon as they come by, just, just start crying. Quids and, in, and then you could perhaps become a film star. I'm not saying go tr- if you are a wannabe actor or actress. Set fire to your house. You're not yeah. saying that. Or move into an area that's prone to nat- natural disasters. Mm. Mm. But if if there is a film crew in your area filming uh, about something, why not talk to them? Find out what their documentary is about and then just do that thing. Yeah. You know, whatever it may be. You know, it's probably not limited to just arson, is it? It's probably, you know, if they're doing it about, you know, local homeless people, then sell your house and you can get on, on films that way. Well, this is a, a fountain of advice, as usual. Yeah, really good life advice. Here is uh, another letter. Let's do one more. Okay, who's, who's this from? Gareth Hammond. Hartlepool Teesside accent, please. Teesside is just sort of Newcastle, isn't it? That's right. New- Are you David and Marek? If you need this, please make it in a Hartlepool Teesside accent, please. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, it's all right. Uh, anyway... <laughs> and here's where it starts to fall apart. <laughs> anyway, listening to Malik's opinion on American Sniper last week and to the podcast films in general made me made me a few weeks ago actually made me wonder how much our moods play when forming opinions on films. Whilst I appreciate it was a general pump film, I don't know where my voice is going. <laughs> I laugh like a, a, you do it then. No, I'm I'm enjoying this. I'm just going to say my go-to word is "bite a groove." Bite a groove. Bite a groove. I laugh like a knob at the other woman last year when I I took the missus to see it. We had a lovely meal and a great time before I sat, we we sat down. And although I was cringing from the ridiculousness of the plot and the characters, I could not stop from <laughs> enjoying the, the whole movie-going experience. I reckon that. Had me and the lady friend had a massive argument and were pissed off, I might have seen the film for what it is. I think this can also contribute to some of the reasons why people don't like hugely acclaimed films and why some of us really enjoy tripe stuff at times, not accounting for personal taste, of course. Any thoughts on this? Can you think of any similar experiences? 
And how... <laughs> and how, as professional reviewers, in commas, to you... Uh, um, <laughs> Make sure you can your your personal mood does not affect your critical eye. Mini Taz, Gareth, I must apologise because that probably came across really like it was really badly written, but it was just me trying to um, maintain the accent and at the expense poorly, I might add, at the expense of any correct intonation <laughs> of the meaning of the sentence. So basically, yeah. does mood affect films? Well, I'm now a bit cross. I've never been called a professional reviewer before, and I don't want it to ever happen again. He put it in... He put it in... Inverted commas. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we... To set the record straight, we never try and maintain... Um, uh, professional. Professional objectivity, or whatever it is. Um, to totally subjective bullshit, this podcast. Well, we, we you know, we're just... We're just normal blokes watching films and then talking guff. That's the that's the premise, isn't it? I, I think, think. I, I, my example is of what I think mood de- definitely affects films and also Hugely the so. environment. What, and sometimes films are a lot better. Like I said before, I went to see Prometheus in the IMAX. Thought it was great, and then watched it on my computer at home. Realised it was yeah. cack. Um, the, uh, an interesting reverse of that yes. is I went to see Silver Linings Playbook at the cinema. When it was really, really hyped up, you know, uh, when it was one, one, last year, one of the Oscar nominees, yeah. and I wasn't uh, hugely enamoured of it, and yet I saw it on television the other week in the comfort of my own home on, you know, just yeah. on a Sunday evening, and I thought, actually, this is much better yeah, or, yeah. than I remember, because I wasn't, I, my um, expectations were lowered. And it was better on TV. For some reason, it was better because it was more intimate when yeah, it was on funny. TV rather than on the big screen. It's um, it's definitely. We said it last week. In fact, you know that expectation is uh, the first beat of the story of any film. Now, th- what um, this email is about is slightly different to that. It's about mood, but I would say that's part and parcel of it. That you know, uh, you you can feel cheated if it's something has been overhyped and in the first ten minutes you're not enjoying it. You know, you can go in there with that, well, impress me then. And I think uh, some films uh, really are affected by this more than other genres, probably. I would say comedy is one where you have to be in a, in a um, welcoming mood, uh, you know, in an open mood to let it in. Otherwise, you go and just go, oh, I don't like this at mm. all. No, no, don't, no. You know, and romantic films, another one. If you are in a soppy mood or if you have just started a relationship or if you are in love with someone or whatever, or you've been, or you've been dumped or, you know, you're feeling particularly sad or soppy at the moment, then you can, you can love absolute tosh. Yeah. But if, if you, if you're feeling a bit, you know, you're not. You're feeling a bit more reserved yeah. and defensive. Then it will just uh, it will just wash over you as tosh. You just go. This is this is meaningless. It doesn't. Well, your mood almost has, has to sort of coincide with the film. If yeah. you're feeling depressed, you want to watch a depressed film. Or that's why I like to describe films as like. That's what, is it a Sunday art night film? Is it like a Monday morning? And I'm know. sure everyone has those things where they go. I've all I've wanted to see this film for a long, long time. But it sounds a bit heavy, and I don't want that right now. Yeah. You know, so people, you know, will watch that. You know, they'll watch a Jason Statham film instead. Well, that's why it's so, such a skill to do a really good sort of thriller. Like I watched Headhunters again 
I re- and that's a good you know, it's a foreign language yeah so, it's great it's, it's a great Saturday Friday it's hard to do that sort of action thriller for me you want to watch where it's, it's not but I think, think I think there are actors whose entire career is based upon that feeling of I'm not in the mood for something very heavy you know I think Denzel Washington is mostly you will always watch a Denzel Washington film if you're a bit tired because you know it'll be you know yeah it'll be it won't be particularly morally ambiguous so it's not that heart-wrenching you know it will be it will be fairly action-packed and fun you know and like Tom to Cruise think... used to be in the same bracket as well yeah I do like to have a little bit of thought in them I mean Harrison Ford was good when he went through his action phase of doing that he so didn't do a gr- what well, like The Fugitive his one, early 90s The Fugitive was, the fugitive one of my was favorite. fantastic that's a, it's, I mean that's based on a you know a program on for years and years yeah, that's yeah. got a bit more to it yeah yeah, uh, but the, his his Patriot Games era stuff was all fun as well. Yeah, it was sort of post fugitive that he went a bit duff. I think you know with things like Firewall and uh, six. What's it called? Six Days, Seven Nights, or whatever it was with Anne Hesh. Anyway, I can't remember. Um, so, you've seen a film this week. I went to see Sean the Sheep. Sean the Sheep. Uh, now, uh, for audience, uh, for listeners rather who do not know of Sean the Sheep. Ardman Animations of Wallace and Gromit fame uh, first introduced Sean in the third outing for Wallace and Gromit called A Close Shave, I believe, and he has since had his own children's TV series and is very, very popular. So this is his movie outing. Um, so I think that's it, isn't it? What's the plot? Yeah. Um, so there's been a TV show called Sean the Sheep, and it's a bit like it's like Wallace. It's more. It's even more silent than Wallace and Gromit. Well, because Sean doesn't speak, does no, he? No, Sean is the clever one of all the sheep. I think more so than he was in the original Wallace and Gromit. Yes. Anyway, he's on this farm in the country somewhere with the flock of sheep. Do any of them speak? Uh, no, and it's and um, every day. I don't know if you've ever been a sheep on the farm. I've not. Every day is the same. It's early mornings. It's uh, going eat grass, eating grass, and then eventually getting shaved down and worrying about being uh, eaten. Not really that much in this sort of kids no. thing, though. No. So Sean thinks it would be nice just have a day off from this routine and just be able to relax. So they try and think of a way to trick the farmer into letting the make him go to sleep so by counting sheep well I won't do any spoilers <laughs> okay um, so they can have a whole day watching TV and doing what they want uh, but do you know what what things go wrong oh no things go wrong and then and, they, and the farmer ends up in the big city yeah with it, having lost his blooming memory what yeah, <laughs> what well, he, do do well, he bangs his head and loses oh, memory. Okay. Ends up in the big city. Amnesia farmer. Yeah, and they have to go into the city and find him. It's all about uh, Sean the sheep and the and the flock and, and, and the get go- him serious psychological help. It's not that. It's not. I think you're being difficult here on purpose because it's not. You know, none of those things happen. Okay. Um, and they have to go into the city and find what find the farmer. And uh, meanwhile, yeah. They've got to deal with all sorts of new dangers, namely the pest control guy. Oh no! He probably doesn't want sheep in his city. No way does he want sheep in his city or any other animals. They've got to try and avoid him. I think sheep wandering around would be fine. You know, one or two that would be nice. Well, but not this pest control guy, by the sounds. 
So Sean's a clever one, and all the flock are quite stupid, and uh, there's Bowser the dog who's also trying to help them out. I think his name's Bowser, I can't remember what his name is. Um, and Blitzer, Blitzer the dog, that's it. Uh, this is brilliant. Yeah. It's really funny. And I think because you've almost got the, everyone's used to this now, so you had Wallace and Gromit when they came on the scene, they were really, really big. Yeah. And Chicken Run, which I didn't like. I often. did like Chicken Run. I did. Um, I think you lost a lot of the human. A lot of it was about the actors' voices. It wasn't it? Wasn't as much slapstick in it. As well, they they did have you know get celebrity cameos. Well, not cameos. Like Mel Gibson plays the main uh, rooster in that, doesn't mm. it? Um, well, let's go through them because you've got um, a grand day out, which was the first short uh, set on the moon with Wallace and Gromit yeah. going for a day out. The wrong trousers was the one that really got them all the attention because it yeah. was excellent. Then you've got a close shave with where Sean the Sheep enters it for the first time. Yeah, Chicken Run with their movie. Um, they then made uh, this is all from memories. I hope it's right. They made Flushed Away, which was a CGI version of their claymation animation okay yeah, I haven't seen that with uh, Hugh Jackman and Kate Winslet they made uh, Pirates in an Adventure with Scientists oh you saw it didn't you not... yeah, I thought it was alright I, I enjoyed it I thought it was, wasn't quite adventurous enough um, much like uh, The Book of Life mm. um, and this is their Shaun the Sheep movie yeah oh and The Were Rabbit they made They uh, the other Wallace and Gromit yeah movie. which is quite good as well yeah it's quite funny yeah uh, this is more like a silent film it's like a slapstick silent film with Sean playing the clever one and the uh, the sheep are all idiots it is universal obviously you can watch it I went with my girlfriend and we're you know late 30s and 40s so um, I laughed out loud Throughout. quite a lot of times <laughs> And you forget that you're so used to the detail. You're so... Uh, you take it for granted that mm. there's scenes from the one around the hospital and they've got all the signs on the walls and all the strip, And it's all been made. It's an incredible yeah, amount yeah. of graft gone into it. And maybe not all the jokes work, but there's so many good slapstick jokes and clever moments that it's up there with not maybe the best Wallace and Gromit ones, but... You go away out of the cinema and think, I really enjoyed that. that I'm very cool. pleased because yeah. Aardman's a company that I've been I've been impressed with. It's not just the, you know their, their ability to make charming characters out of you know plasticine, but their writing has been consistently good as well. Yeah, like very very good. You know, I think even though it's CG, flushed away is actually brilliant, and it's one of those where people saw the poster and they went, Oh no, that looks rubbish, and they were, they're wrong. Like it's. Really, really good. Okay, so I'm glad this one, this one. Is yeah, I really good. enjoyed it, and it's definitely. I give it eight Marics. And if you're wondering what to see, and you're put off by the fact that Sean and the sheep, I mean, I did go and watch it in the afternoon when there was no kids around. So yeah. I think it'll be hell going to cinema with lots of kids. There. Yeah, yeah. But if yeah. it's not half term and you're struggling, although there are a lot of good films at the moment, you can't go wrong for a good feel good. Uh, Funny, not challenging, but it makes you makes you feel proud to be British. Wow, wow! Well, I'm in a British uh, animated kids thing on TV starting this week. What are you in? It's a CBeebies show called The Twirly Woos, made by the same. Is that someone shitting? It, it really isn't that. Oh, okay. Um, it's made by the same people who made uh, the Teletubbies and In the Night Garden. It's their latest thing, and the Twirly Woos arrive in a boat and learn a concept each week. So uh, you know, where in in my ones they learn uh, what what is it? They learn like cover and uncover 
and uh, a bit saucy. Yeah, well, it's not. No, it's a tablecloth. Oh, okay, doing, but uh, I do have a bath in one episode. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> but uh, well, you. Yeah, I have a bath. This is the weirdest thing. You I've as ever. a person. I, I as a person. Yeah. Bubble bath or just completely. It's naked? a bubble bath, but this is the, the the weirdest thing I've ever done on set. I think uh, this is close second at least. Uh, I have to be in a bubble bath, but because of the electrical equipment, the lighting, the cameras, health and safety can't pass the use of water. So I, bubbles. I'm actually uh, there's just a plastic sheet covered in bubbles, and I have to pretend like I'm not freezing cold and having a lovely warm bath. But because they have to, they have to wet me so it looks like it. But I'm just in a bathtub. Wow, so weird. So weird. can't even have a bath on set anymore. No, you can't. Well, anyway. go, go and see Sean the Sheep. Yeah, it sounds good. It sounds good. How many Marricks did he say? Eight. Eight Marricks. Eight Marricks. All right. Well, that's our kids special, as it turns out. Um, have we done all of the guff? Oh, We've yeah. We've done the if guff. If you want to... I don't know if we have. If you want to help donate to help us fund this podcast, uh, we're putting it on uh, the server, whatever it is, each week in the web, uh, keeping the website up there, and... Putting contributing towards the tickets. cinema tickets, it, it would be we're really grateful. Go to filmfandango.co.uk, you can donate there, even if it's like if it's 50p to me, yeah, or five thousand pounds, whichever, whatever. And thank you to everyone else who's donated, yes, thank you. Um, we uh, are doing this because of you, <laughs> so we'll be back next week with yet more films. And keep emailing in because we really appreciate it, yeah, dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. We do keep telling you about Twitter and Facebook, but the the email is the principal means of communication. So share stuff with the rest of our listeners. If you've seen a great film, then tell us about it. If you've seen a film you absolutely hated, then tell us about it. Anything you like. If you've made a film, then tell us about it. We will share it with our listeners. Dearfilmfandango at gmail.com. We'll be back next week. Keep, Keep watching, watching the films. Bye-bye. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.